Where do you go to find authenticity and truth? Nobody wants to talk about the skeletons in their closet, the nitty gritty, or the failures, all of which I believe are the most important parts of anybody's story of success. This is a place where we say what nobody else is saying. Truth with Tara, welcome to the fold. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Truth with Tara. I want to give you a sneak peek into this insider masterclass I did with a friend of mine, Grammy award-winning songwriter, Seth Mosley. He has a songwriting course called Song Chasers. It's really cool. And this was with a group of members from that course. And I did this masterclass with the topic of how to write a song that anyone can sing. But this is really also for singers and really knowing who you are as a vocalist, what your style is, how to find that. So there's really some great tidbits bits of information in here and some uh, assignments actually that I would love for you to listen to and take on for yourself and uh, let me know how it goes for you in, in getting clarity deeper and further with who you are as a singer or even as a songwriter what your sound should be so we're going to split this up into a couple different podcast episodes this is the first and I really hope you enjoy it Well, um, today I wanted to, I, I wanted to, again, this, this is all from the lens of a singer, right? And I've done a lot of co-writing with, um, some, some people in Nashville throughout the years and in New York and in, in California. And one of the interesting things about, about co-writing, which I'm sure you guys have experienced is that sometimes you'll get, uh, writers who are not singers at all. You'll get writers who are more hook writers, who are, um, some, some more lyricists, some design are, are much more talented designing melodic line than they are with lyrics. And it's a great pairing when you get one of each of those. Right. Um, but sometimes neither of them are actual singers. Sometimes they're, they're more like I can hum a tune and carry a tune in a bucket, but I'm not going to be the one selling this demo when all is said and done. Right. So again, this is through the lens of a singer songwriter, right? This is, this is through the lens of someone who is a singer first. I am a singer first, and I happen to also be pretty decent at writing songs. Okay. So today's topic is really like how, how to, how to write a song, any song that anyone can sing. Yeah. Um, and so there are a few key elements, um, really kind of four in particular that I want to go over today. There are many more that I could have added into this, but we would be in an eight week course and not a day long masterclass that lasts probably about an hour. So um, I, I kind of chunked it down to four things that I can at best simplify for you guys um, to at least get you well on the way and the path to understanding what it takes to write a song that anybody can sing. Okay. Have you ever, and and by the way, like this has happened to me in real life, but have you ever written a song and, and like, you're like, this is an amazing song. It's one of those songs that like took you like 10 minutes to write, you know, it's like awesome. And you go to try to sing it and you're like, crap, this is such a hard song to sing. There's nothing about this. that's easy. And, and how am I going to, how am I now going to do anything with it? Or, and who else could sing this song other than like, I don't know, Mariah Harry, Carey or Whitney Houston or Jennifer Hudson. And, and I don't have access to those people. So now what do I do with this song? Right. It's happened to me before. And I am a singer, right? But I find that if I focus on these four things 
and I'm thoughtful and mindful of it when I write music, the end outcome is such that I can write a song for anybody to sing. So the first thing I want to talk about, and you guys can take notes, but we're also recording this. I want to talk about melodic line design. All right. Um, for those of you who are newer, and I'm not sure where you are in, in Seth's program um, for the songwriting course, but melodic line is basically the melody. It's the melody that you're singing in a song. Okay. And again, there are songwriters that happen to be very gifted in melodic line design. They hear it even sometimes before a lyric is written. If you are, you know what I'm talking about. You sometimes will hear hooky lines of melody without even knowing what lyrics you're gonna put to it. You're usually a melody first writer, okay? A lot of you guys are yeses for that, okay. And now some of you guys may kind of almost be, I like to call them um, poets. You, you may be a lyricist first and think only first of lyrics. Um, and you could be both, I'm, I'm totally both. I'm a hybrid, right? And it depends on my mood and probably yours too, but there are the people who think of the lyrics first and then they try to design melodic line around that. If you're both like me, a lot of times my best songs are written where simultaneously I write lyrics, melody and chords all at once as I'm writing. And if you're that person, and I kind of like that. It's very self-gratifying, right? Instant songs done kind of thing. You don't have to go back and repeat. All right, so melodic line design. This is what I want you to try to do in regards to melodic line design now that we know what it is and maybe what your strength and weaknesses are. So we know that you're either a singer songwriter or a songwriter who sings. We know that you're either someone who goes to the melody first or goes to the lyrics first. Knowing who you are as a writer is, is nine tenths of the game, all right? So once now that you know that, I want you to take the genre that you're writing in it. So whatever that genre is, as I'm reading through the answers, I want you to take that genre um, and I want you, if you haven't done so already this week, like even today, I want you to research the top charting songs of, well, since it's beginning of January, let's just say December, or I'll even let you do March because December was a Christmas month and you're probably going to get a lot of like, all I want for Christmas is use on there. So maybe go to November or maybe wait to the end of this month and go to January. So I want you to take the genre that you're writing and I want you to research the top charting songs of that month. All right. And it doesn't have to be like every single one, but like your top five, so to speak. Okay. And I want you now we're talking about melodic design here only. I'm not talking about lyrics. I'm not talking about production. I'm not talking about if it's your favorite artist. I'm talking about melody only. You have to kind of compartmentalize that for me. Okay. All right. So you're going to take that. And you're going to write down the five top songs that you like most. It's not, they've already charted. So they've already, the, the point has already been proven that the song's a hit, right? So that's already out of the way. It's the ones that you relate to and like the most. You're going to take those top five and you're going to notice any, any patterns and similarities in the melodic line itself within them. Do you find that the choruses to all of those songs or most of those songs um, have longer, um, longer melodies? Are there less words in there and are there places for the melodic line and the voice to soar or are they choppier and are they more wordy um does the melodic line bounce does it skip are there a lot of um steps or there are a lot of skips do you notice a lot of inter intervallic steps like fourths happen a lot for whatever reason in the chorus notice whatever patterns you can find okay and then i want you to combine that with what you know about your voice and its capabilities or the voice of the singer you plan to pitch the song to. So the purpose in which you're writing has a lot to do with the tools I'm about to give you. So again, you have to know a lot about you and why you're writing the song. I'm a singer songwriter. I am a melodic designer first. I'm a poet first, or I'm kind of a hybrid of both. I like this genre of music and the purpose of me writing the song is X. 
So is the purpose of me writing this song to license it? Is it to place it with another artist? Is it for personal use, right? Am I, am I planning on just, you know, putting it out into the, the web averse and seeing what happens? Do I want to put it on an album? Is it a single release? What are the stakes of the song, right? So if, if your purpose is known and the type of singer or songwriter you are is known, then when you do this exercise, it's gonna become very clear to you how to combine what you notice about those patterns and also what you know about your capabilities or the capabilities of the singer who you're trying to pitch the song to's capabilities. And that is going to be your framework for how to design the melodic line of a song. So for example, cause I know that's a lot. For example, let's just say I'm trying to pitch a song to, I don't know, Megan Trainer. I don't know why her name came into my head. All about that bass. Anybody? Yes. Where is she, by the way? What happened to Megan Trainer? Um, if I'm trying to pitch song to her, I know she's an alto. She doesn't sing very high, right? So, oh, she had a baby. Thank you. I live under our vocal coaching rock, so I didn't know. Um, let's say I'm trying to pitch a song to, to Megs, though, right? And, you know, she had her baby. She's been out of vocal shape. And I really want to do like an all about that bass 2.0. Okay. I'm not going to put belt notes above a C in there for her because she's not going to be able to emotionally attach or be capable of easily singing that type of song. She's going to want something that accentuates her best, right? And so as a songwriter, if you're pitching something to someone like Megan, you need to know what her best is. You also need to know what's popular, what's trending, what's charting in order to combine those two things and make a song that will have the best chance of being grabbed up by her. The same thing goes for whether you are the singer yourself. And that's easier, right? Because you don't have to do recon on the capabilities of the singer that you're pitching to. If you know your voice, and this is where, you know, for those of you who had vocal coaching, you know your range capabilities, you know where your singable notes should end and begin, then you are able to, within the parameters and confines of what you know your capabilities to be, to then write to your strengths as well. So going back to that whole, have you ever written a song that you now can't sing? That should never happen to you again, because as you're writing, you're being thoughtful of the things that I've just said. And you're also knowing, you know what? I really want the client. It feels like this song needs to go up a third in this note in the chorus. But I've already started in the key of C. And I know that if it goes up a third, I'm going to hit an E5 and I really can't go past a D. So what do you do? stop writing immediately, go back and modulate that song down by a whole step or maybe two and see if your lowest note can still be sustained during that, during that uh, modulation down so that you can then comfortably hit the note that you want the melody to go to. You don't have to say, well, I can't sing that note so I can't hit that, I can't make that melody. No, you could even so, go so far as to say, that's the hook, that's the most important part. I can't quite hit that E and I can't really hit the lower note if I modulate down, but you know what I can do? I can change that one small little time where I go too low from my range if I lower the key and I can move that around. I can change that melodic design so that I can then hit that D that I know I can hit in the, in the money section of the song. Does that make sense? So you're kind of, you know, yeah, you, you know, shoot, I'm, I'm a chick. I want to be a size four, but I'm not. And I want to buy that dress as a size four, but I have to pick the size six on the rack because that's just the reality of the situation, right? Is you don't have to not wear the dress. You just have to know what fits you. That's melodic design. How to, how to design a melodic line that is thoughtful, that is forward thinking, intentional, and sets you or the singer that you're pitching the song for up for success. All right. Singer's dream rhyming scheme. Yeah, that rhymed and I didn't intentionally mean it, but 
little songwriting course. Why not? Um, so I'm going to give you two thoughts here and, and I'm going to give you things to avoid and I'm going to give you things to include. All right. And we're going to go with the avoid first because there's less of them. Nice. So rhyming, we're talking about words now here. So we're switching gears from melody and we're moving into lyrics. All right. And as a vocal coach, this is like a huge, a huge pet peeve of mine. Okay. So we're going to get into a little bit of vocal coaching here. And Michael's Mike Moore is saying, can vocal coaching improve a singer's range? Yes. A hundred percent. It's one of the main things that we do to create tangible, like audible improvement. Like you can, you can actually measure the difference on paper and audibly as well. So yes, a hundred percent. But these are things to avoid. All right. Words and melodic lines that force you to sing in closed mouth vowels. Why? Well, as a vocal coach, I have a couple key, very branded phrases that I use to help a singer understand the mechanics of singing without being too vocal pedagogically snobby. Okay. And one of the ways I say that is any extreme note, high or low, needs two S's, space and support. Okay. So the support has everything to do with technique. We're not in a vocal coaching session, so I'm not going to go there with you today, although I could at some other point. Today, we're going to talk about space, and space has everything to do with vowels. It has to do with your pronunciation of vowels, your manipulation of vowels, but at the end of the day, it has to do with the vowels within the words that you choose to write, and that's why we're having this conversation, because you're choosing to write the words that you're putting in these songs. It is a choice. You have all of the power right now to set yourself up lyrically for success as well to sing the song or for the artist to sing the song. So we're going to avoid vowels as best we can that are hard E's or hard O's. And the song examples that I'm going to give you for such writing is something like, and I will always love you. I, you. I hate singing on ooze. It's not that I can't, and it's not that you can't, but it's a hard O. Other one, Star Spangled Banner. Or the land of the free. Why? Like why? Can't, can't You have to manipulate that vowel to make it more open if you're going to hold it longer and not sound like you're choking yourself. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those songs are like iconic songs, right? Like they made it. They're out there. They're the, they're the best, right? Everybody knows those songs. That's why I chose it as an example, right? Yeah, I get that. And that's fine. It doesn't mean that using closed mouth vowels won't allow the song to be awesome. It doesn't at all. It just means that these examples are are songs that are very, very difficult to sing. They're kind of like a benchmark and they're singers songs, right? And we're not trying to write songs in this context of of songs that just anybody can sing, or, or I'm sorry, we're trying to do that right now. We're not trying to write songs that only Whitney Houston could sing or that only stars and celebrities can sing at baseball games and football games. We're trying to write songs that everybody can sing. So I'm not saying that if you include these vowels in your songs, your song's not gonna be a hit. No, what I'm saying is that a singer like me is gonna be like, why? Or someone that someone like you, when your song is finished, is gonna be like, I really wish I would have chosen a different vowel than that because it gives me anxiety every time I try to go to that note. And what you're going to do is you're going to hire someone like me to try to help you manipulate that vowel to open it up to sound like this. Or the land of the fray. 
and I'm going to change it. And I'm going to still make you think E, but say A so that you can sing the note and the vowel better and your vibrato comes out better and you can hold the note longer. Okay. So it's thoughtful writing. Yeah. And again, it's not that E's and O's are taboo. It's just that if you really want to make your life easy or the life of the person who's, who's in you're intending to sing the songs easy, you want to avoid those vowels if possible. And remember, since you're writing the lyrics, you have a choice. It's not done. It's not written in stone yet. All right. So the second thing I want you to uh, think about are things to include, right? So it's just the hard E's and O's that are no-no's if possible, but include, do include open mouth vowels in words whenever possible. A's, I's, O's, um, is even, uh, is okay. Like it's not as, it's like sort of the middle of the road. Song examples would be, um, I drove all night to get to you. Nah, ah, nice open vowel, right? Or, um, how do I get you alone? Get alone. Nice. Right. Or here's, here's, um, let's, let's think of like a, a combo. So a, I, and uh, okay. Um, your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Right? Oh my gosh, I could do that all day long. It's so nice. It's open. It's easy for me, right? I wouldn't want to sing over keem or whatever. And on hard E on that top note, it, it would make my life miserable. It's not that I couldn't do it. It just cost me more vocal dollars to be able to do it. And I know you don't know what vocal dollars means if you were a student or in my course, you would, but it's just, it's more costly for you. And we only get so many vocal dollars a day, just like you get only such an amount of paycheck in your, in your check a, a week or every two weeks or a month for you to spend, right? And then it's done and then you have to wait. And it's the same thing for the voice. So we're going to stop right there and wrap it up for today's podcast, guys. But make sure that you tune in to next week's for the finish of how to write a song that anyone can sing. This is for you singer songwriters out there. I hope you enjoy this and get a lot out of it and make sure you tune in to next week. <laughs>